Mojave has been one of the most visible and active poets, hosts, and organizers in the area for decades. He began writing at a very early age and over the years has worked tirelessly to bring poetry and spoken word to venues all over the country. Mojave was one of the many local poets who got their start at the QE2 open mics and quickly was able to build his own community of artists and writers in the Capital Region. In 2011, he was one of the original organizers of the Nitty Gritty Slam series and coached the very first team from Albany to go to the National Poetry Slam in 2012. In our conversation, we talk about not giving up on your dreams, how addiction changed neighborhoods in the 80s and 90s, and if poetry can still change the world. But first, we start off with Mojave performing his piece, Around My Block, at the Poets' Realm Slam in Bridgeport, Connecticut on July 11th, 2012. Tell me if this sounds like some place in my apartment. Round my block, cars go by with booming systems at 1, 2, 3 o'clock. Hip hop in the morning, breaking dawn as well as sleep because the walls vibrate with the news mixtape. <laughs> and sleep is what you can't do. At around my block, I see my man's little sister's Raquana and she's got curves and she's round. About nine months round. And she only 14. Does Mrs. Johnson know? I don't think so. See, she a church lady. She prayed every day. She got service on Sunday, Monday, inspirational Thursday, celebrational Friday, Bible study, Saturday, soup kitchen, kicking fried chicken for collard greens after Sunday. Service. Can I make some nuggets? I don't know. But again, we more time alone, so that little fast ass bone 30 little Jay, who don't claim her anyway. And around my block, crackhead stroll with mad merchandise, and I call my iPod for a crazy cheap price. Now, my brother got this double ordinary stereo tape deck with the graphic equalizer, the full control automotive stereo that can make you holler for $50. And that's after we talk down to 75. Kids play two hand push on being touch football on the street, cursing at every car that they meet that breaks up the game. Counting seven Mississippi's been rushed. Still doing the all star play, such as the Statue of Liberty, the original free flicker you think they ain't, so they make it past the number two telephone pole with arms paint. While Mr. Johnson cusses at every little nigga that rings his doorbell, knowing he can't chase him, because two houses up, Crazy Mike, he high, he beats on Lisa, and she always comes out and says, I had an accident. You might help me. Help you what? Two fat black eyes that you can cry when other people are asleep? Because there's always some secret that you keep. Now, around my block, the people don't speak unless they need something. Not like a cup of sugar, but better five or ten dollars. And when you ask them when, they say, yo, son, I'll meet you up on the first. You'll check me on the 16th. My check is in the mail tomorrow. Yo, son, I got you. And you're in the world of sorrow because they forget to the next time. And when you go to the corner store, I'll be even trying to run slave while charging 50 cents for a dollar so and say, people still, I make no money. But they got the nerve to charge you $5 for an eight ounce can of formula. Now, he Muslim, but saw the can of case of 40 cricket to shorties with the cash, wouldn't get sick off the liquor, but he got them bomb island beef patties <laughs> with the 245 euro specials with the 25 cent chips. And he bargained every honey dip that run up in the store. But around my block in the summer, it's hot and beautiful. Cause brothers be chilling, you know, grandmothers be doing baby girl hair, waiting for Mr. William to come over with the fire hydrant from Kool Aid Smiles, cause ain't no pools for miles. And we be sucking ghetto dreams from 10 cent ices and Fujo's ice creams. Kids be riding blocks and girls be taking hikes throughout the block with their jean shorts, the 5411s, and the whole tops, and on one piece of the striped dresses with the one cut, and I was rocking extension. And did I mention there's never any gunshots till it gets about 100 degrees interrupted by freeze? Cause you fit the description. But around my block, it's sweet from the sounds we brought the speakers pushed up into radios and mad flows of R&B like mazes. Before I let go, my bald heads and reds play no woman no cries. They pass by around my block.
No, around my block, um, around uh, Livingston, like uh, from North Manning Boulevard to Livingston, pretty much was my my growing up. It was my footprint. You know, um, my my father lived at thirty five North Manning. My mother lived at four seventy five, um, or four fifty five at that time, uh, Livingston Avenue, and so. In between there, I would be able to play at Third Street Park, which is where a lot of interactions took place. And so when you're in that type of landscape, you get to see all the stuff that is happening as you're moving. So throughout my years of growing up through high school, all the way into college, I got to see the neighborhood um, go from a really tight-knit community to watching how crack and drugs started to affect it. And so um, around my block was basically me giving my giving my standard observation of what I saw, but also giving the love of what I've seen um, happening at the same time. So, you know, the people, you know, the characters were all people that I actually knew, but they actually were, you know, transformed into something else while I was doing the piece. You know, so what you call it? So cars go by with boom systems. One, two, three, hip hop in the morning, breaking dawn as well as sleep. You know, because people would drive around the neighborhoods, you know, with the booming system playing it. And like, yo, it's like three o'clock in the morning. What the hell is wrong with you? But, you know, of course, we need to let people know how dope our system is and how everything else, because it's my way of trying to figure out what my importance is by letting you know what kind of system I got a dope car and all this other stuff. But I got it by ill god means. Reward me you know, the opposite things that attract. So in that poem, those are the things I speak about. When Mojave was in 10th grade, he started seeing changes in his neighborhood. Like, I didn't really see people on crack until 10th grade. There was a lot of addictive people that were running around that were infirmed by their addictions. At that time, there was more than I could count, you know, because literally the wave of, of crack cocaine took you know, uh, uh, arrested a hold of that community, seriously. And, you know, and, and everything changed. That's when people started to, you know, things became more violent. I can remember a time where I could literally, like, just walk and feel unmaligned, like you could just walk anywhere you wanted to walk to. I asked Mojave if he thought if the crack epidemic of the time was treated as a mental health or addiction issue, would things have been different? Well, number one, there's, there's, there's a few things that are going on, right? Um, Number one, we, we never perceive addiction as a disease. We're like only doing it now. That's because the addiction, when it was in impoverished communities, Black and Latino communities to be exact, it really wasn't so much of a problem. You know, things were, Rockefeller drug laws, all these different things were put in place to ensure which wasn't addressed as an addiction or, or a byproduct of poverty. It was, you know, how can I use this as something to build up my, you know, uh, communities in upper states to create income on the backs of people who are arrested for, you know, carrying some some weed and maybe the smallest amounts of uh, crack cocaine that's possible. But in the meantime, in between time, the the idea of poverty wasn't addressed. Why people would take chances to sell something to get that. And the funny thing is, like when you look at it, at any rate, the people who are who are selling and using, they all became part of a system that basically helped to build up um, the economic 
advancement of, of rural communities that had jails and things of that sort. And um, that's why it's like, you know, crazy that now that, you know, even New York State is getting into uh, marijuana and things of that sort, that all those uh, all those uh, convictions have to be vacated because they arrested people for all of these different things that were happening. And it wasn't addressed in that sense of saying this is a byproduct. It was looked at primarily as a as a problem for people of color. And this is why they're pathological. And this is the reason why they're doing this. Instead of looking at how these things were actually created to do everything. And now the weird thing is like, you got all this stuff happening. You address it as a problem. Now you're gentrifying the same neighborhoods. It's it's a serious problem. And it wasn't addressed. And it still isn't addressed in the way that it was. It only became a problem when people started using, you know, Xanax and getting a, getting prescription drugs and doing all this different stuff where it really started reaching its tendrils into the upper crust, if you will, in order for it to happen. So, you know, now it's like you're seeing it. It's like some people will use certain things and self-medicate because they do not have access to the same amount of things that other people do. As I've asked many poets over the years, can poetry still be used as a tool for social change? At any social change, at the beginning of it, always a poet, you know, taking all of the energy, putting it, you know, becoming a griot, speaking it all into one thing. And then speaking forth and, and everybody, you know, comes and, and listens to it. And um, poetry incites the mind in many different ways. Mojave is the founder of Urban Guerrilla Theater, the Love and Erotic Poetry Weekend, Erotica Slam, a nationwide network of erotic poets, writers, authors, black erotic creatives, and people who love erotica, the Honey Dripper Poetry Collective, and much more. As a podcaster, he hosts the Hidden Radio Show, War Council, the Honey Dripper Erotic Poetry Podcast, and the Fly Speak Open Mic. You can find out even more about him and all of his projects on Facebook and Instagram. For Hudson Mohawk Magazine, I'm Tom Francis.